Mississippi Crop Situation Podcast featuring the Crop Doctors. Welcome to another edition of the Mississippi Crop Situation Podcast. I'm Eric Larson, and I'm here today with Nolan Stapleton, my research associate. I'm glad to be here. Today we're going to discuss some of the pollination issues we've been getting questions about. Uh, Would you like to lead into that a little bit? Yeah, this year... One of the unfortunate circumstances associated with the with the flooding and the extreme amount of rainfall that we got during June has led to more pollination problems with corn. And there's a couple different things going on and, and some things that may still be in play or, or some differences, I guess, that, that may be in play depending upon the region of the state, the age of the corn, and, and other things that are leading to different types of pollination problems. So got several different things there to try to try to address. Initially, what we saw and were most concerned about was a lot of our March-planted corn was tasseling right during the time period, the second week of June, when we got that extreme rainfall. Rained several days during the week. It was cloudy over that entire period. Obviously, pollen was being shed. Um, The pollination process occurs where tassels shed pollen and are responsible for pollinating each individual kernel on an ear of corn. And it has to be, you know, accepted by the silks and be transferred to those developing kernels. And, and that rainfall in itself is not normally a problem. There's lots of physiological things that the corn does to try to combat environmental issues like that, particularly from a physical standpoint. It produces a huge overabundance of pollen, um, it normally sheds the pollen during the, either the late morning hours when there's no moisture on the silks or late in the evening when temperatures are cool. The silks are sticky and other things, I guess, that, that help that plant pollinate successfully. This year, the extreme weather conditions and the amount of rainfall and particularly the prevalence of rainfall over an extended time period during that time period may have caused more issues than normal. Lately, we've been getting some calls about uh, corn that pollinated well after that initial flooding event during the second week of June and having pollination issues that may be resulting from that, too. And that may be a completely different mechanism that's causing that. And we had a few people ask us about, for lack of a better word, a skeletonized tassel. Well, that may be the, the result that, that is causing that. I would urge you to be looking in the field. When a corn plant tassels, obviously that tassel is responsible for shedding pollen. So look closely at those tassels. And obviously, you know, if you're a week or two or three after tasseling, um, the anthers will have fallen off of those tassels and no longer be present. But I would look at the tassels and see if the other organs that are normally there are present. If you see a tassel that is nothing but tassel branches and has no glooms or or any volume on that tassel whatsoever, more than likely what happened is that the stunning, the flooding, the soil saturation resulting from that rainfall during the middle part of June actually prevented that plant from developing those organs on the tassel that are responsible for shedding pollen. And if you don't have the pollen to, to pollinate those young kernels, then obviously severe pollination problems could result. And, and we're seeing or getting reports of worse problems with pollination in the north area of Mississippi, where we would have had later planted corn, later maturing corn, and uh, possibly exposed to that 
flooding and soil saturation, you know, in a pre-tassel time frame where this may have resulted. So biggest thing I would say is be looking up, look up at your tassels, look and see if they look like normal tassels or see if they're, you know, truly skeletonized and just have a, have a fibrous part of the tassel there because there should be glooms and, and other parts that, that produce some volume on that tassel that should still be present, indicating that that plant did, did produce pollen and, and uh, likely develop normally. The other things that typically we look for or experience issues with when we do have pollination are some sort of a synchrony issue between pollen shed and silk emergence. A lot of times that's related to herbicide injury. Um, obviously late applications of our post-emergence herbicides after the normal time frame on corn that's larger than normal can injure the plant enough to cause those reproductive organs not to have the synchrony that they should. Um, but this year, I think a lot more of our problems are truly related to weather, where we might see that across fields, across different herbicide programs, and, um, you know, align more with, with the uh, tassel dates relative to the weather patterns that were prevalent in certain areas of the state. So pay close attention to those environmental variables, as well as um, what you can tell from the physiological development and age of the corn at this time and how it would relate to those. Okay, and moving away from pollination issues, let's discuss how you would identify the stages we're seeing in the crop right now. Most of our early planted crop is between milk and approaching dent stage. How would you go about identifying that dent stage? Well, first of all, I'd say that there's a uh, article on our Mississippi Crop Situation blog that I just posted this week that has pictures and clearly identifies those different growth stages. Um, it's important to recognize those growth stages, primarily if you're an irrigated producer, or for that matter, a crop consultant that's looking at corn, it's important to know those growth stages and know, you know, how much yield is still in play at this point in the year and how we might manage this crop to finish it out. And that's really where we're at, I guess, you know, and things that we want to discuss, I guess, on, on the rest of this program is how are we going to manage this crop the rest of the way out, particularly from an irrigation standpoint and field scouting. There's six different recognized growth stages during the reproductive stages. Probably the most confusing one, believe it or not, is it correctly identifying what the dent stage is. Obviously, dents will occur on the corn kernels, and that's part of the maturation process, but dents will occur late during the dough stage. And it's not truly dent stage until we get hard starch starting to form in the tips of the kernels. Um, there's a couple different key things to look at to identify whether that hard starch is forming. Number one, the corn ears or the kernels will change from kind of a dull, buttery yellow color during late dough stage to a much brighter yellow, yellow color at the dent stage. So that's a pretty clear indicator that you're at full dent stage. The other thing that I always do is just break a cob in half, stick your fingernail into the tip of the kernel, and when you got hard starch starting to form, there will literally be physical resistance to your fingernail when you poke it in the tip of the kernel. You'll also be able to see a milk line starting to develop, and following that milk line development is a, is a great tool for determining where you're at in terms of physiological development and how far away you are from maturity for irrigation scheduling purposes. 
And how long would you say it takes to progress through the reproductive stages? Well, starting with that, with the dent stage into physiological maturity, it takes about 25 days to go from dent stage to physiological maturity. So by monitoring that milk line development, if it's 50% of the way down the kernels, that means you're halfway of that 25 days or you're about 12 days out of the total of 25 days from physiological maturity. So that gives you a clear indicator of where you're at relative to maturity. So from an irrigation termination standpoint, that is extremely critical to follow that milk line development. Otherwise, some of the key growth stages that, that we would have occurring from now on, milk stage is generally going to be about 18 to 20 days after tasseling. Dent stage will be somewhere in the neighborhood of about 30 days after tasseling. And the key thing to remember is, again, it takes about 25 days to go from dent to physiological maturity, which is the longest period of, of the entire 55 days or so that it takes to go from tassel to physiological maturity. As that crop is maturing, how does our water use change? Peak water use occurs for three to four weeks following tasseling, and it follows a parabolic curve, I guess, over the course of the season with that maximum water use occurring during that period shortly after tasseling. It's also most sensitive to water stress at that time period. You know, we can talk about charts and theoretic stuff all day long, I guess, but we've seen real decline in water use with our soil moisture sensors that are measuring consumption in our verification fields over the past several years. So the water use is really is declining dramatically, particularly from dent stage onto physiological maturity, really from late dose stage. So there's great opportunity there to utilize this technology to do a better job at irrigating in that respect. But even if we don't have that technology, we know that water use is declining. Um, we can probe soils with, you know, anything from a shovel to a probe, soil auger, anything like that. And we can see dramatic differences in the amount of moisture that the, that the crop is using over this last 25 to 30 days of the growing season. So we can make a pretty dramatic difference in our pocketbook by adjusting our irrigation scheduling to account for that. In other words, oftentimes during peak water use, we're irrigating, you know, from 9 to 12 days between irrigation events on a lot of our mixed soils, and that'll vary substantially depending upon soil texture. But as we get during this last irrigation cycle, which we're approaching right now on many of our fields, that could be extended by, you know, probably 30 or 40 percent where, you know, a 10-day irrigation schedule may be able to be stretched to a 14 or 15-day schedule when we, when we pay attention to what the, the crop and the soils are, are showing us. And particularly when we, ha again, have the uh, soil moisture sensors, which are showing us a, what kind of moisture we have available throughout the entire profile that the, that the plants have to utilize. So that can make a dramatic Im impact on not only our labor, um, but um, on our profitability of the crop because we don't need to resume the same weekly or 10-day schedule that we were using during peak water use. And aside from talking about water use, what should we continue to do for our crop? What should we be looking for as the season progresses? Well, number one, I guess we've already mentioned the things about the pollination issues. 
obviously most folks are going to start husking back corn and looking at their ear development. If you see issues, and once again, I'd look at the tassels and make sure that you don't have these skeletonized tassels, particularly in the northern part of the state um, that had a lot of rainfall, would have had later planted corn and, and may be vulnerable to this. So look up at those tassels and see whether those tassels are normal or whether, you know, something odd is happening. If it is, be sure and take some pictures and send us a call, contact your county agent or, or whoever that you're most comfortable with and, and we can help you out in that respect to explain hopefully what's going on. The other thing that, that we can look at, like we just mentioned with the irrigation standpoint, carry a shovel in the truck, carry a soil auger, check your soil moisture, regardless of whether you have soil moisture sensors or not, you're probably not going to have a soil moisture sensor in every field, but before you irrigate, you can definitely make some strides in, in your crop water use efficiency by using those tools to uh, make sure that you irrigate when the crop needs it and, and not when it's unnecessary. The other things that we need to be looking for is with this extremely rainy season that we've had so far, we may have more disease development than normal. Several different diseases are starting to show up and have been evident in fields over the last several weeks. Um, Obviously, they could be a yield limiting factor in some situations, but the best way to identify whether they are going to be yield limiting situation is through field scouting, identifying what the disease is, where it's occurring in the crop canopy, and frankly, kind of monitoring how quickly it's developing as well through your field scouting to determine whether or not a fungicide or application is necessary in order to control that and prevent defoliation that is likely going to cause yield reduction. And defoliation and or premature loss of the photosynthetic capacity is really what's going to determine whether or not these diseases are really limiting yield potential. Most of the diseases will be more prominent in the lower crop canopy, particularly below the ear, and those leaves are not very important in terms of photosynthetic capacity because of their location. So we can tolerate a lot more defoliation in the lower canopy than what we can in the upper, can upper canopy, which is intercepting most of the light and basically producing most of the energy that's feeding those ears. So if we can protect that upper canopy, finish out these last several weeks without having a significant amount of defoliation, we're, we're not going to see a response to a fungicide application. Just be aware that we need to be looking for things like that and try to address issues as they arise, and that may depend upon the environment, may depend upon the hybrid, and certainly the, the type of disease will come into play there a lot in terms of what kind of threat it will be overall to the uh, potential profitability and the yield of that crop. And we should also be looking for nutrient deficiencies, shouldn't we? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's the last thing I guess we had on our list. Um, the heavy rainfall that we've had this year certainly causes the loss of nutrients like nitrogen that the corn crop use a lot of. And um, we can look down at the bottom of the plants and Nitrogen deficiency is a very easy nutrient deficiency to identify. It'll cause yellowing and a distinctive yellowing pattern that starts the leaf tip and progresses up the midrib of the, of the leaf, straight up the midrib on the lower leaves. First it'll be yellowing and then that'll be progressed to a browning if it's, if it's severe and, and occur on multiple leaves. So 
We can visually check for, for nutrient deficiencies like that, as well as use tissue analysis to confirm levels that, that may be present in the plant and available so that we can do a better job of, of providing the nutrients to finish the crop out next year. And to close this thing out, we could say water use is definitely declining, and um, that's got everything to do with the maturation of the crop. And right now is a great opportunity to conserve irrigation expenses. Yep, absolutely. You know, along with that, I guess, we need to continue scouting the fields. Obviously, everything is it's really hot and muggy and and uh, not very comfortable to be out in the cornfields this time of the year, but there is a lot of opportunity there to, to learn from the crop and manage that crop to finish it out in order to improve the profitability of, of growing this great crop. So anything we can do to help, we are certainly there to, to uh, answer any questions that you may have. And with that, thank you very much for joining us for another episode. Once again, please subscribe and follow us on social media and follow the Mississippi Crop Situation blog. And we'll look forward to seeing you again. The Mississippi Crop Situation podcast is a production of Mississippi State University Extension.